Hi everyone, this is the 10-Minute Money Podcast. I am John Dyer, and as always, I'm joined with Paul Erickson with Royal Oak Financial Advisors. And this week, we're going to talk about the differences between broker-dealers versus RIAs. How's it going, Paul? Good, John. How you doing? I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk about this one. That's great. So you and I have both been in the broker-dealer and the RIA world. That's and right. we thought it would be a good podcast to tell everybody what the difference is. Because when I was in the broker-dealer world, I didn't even know what an RIA was. Yeah. They keep us pretty insulated. I agree. And there's not a lot of information out there about it. So no. I had no clue. And I was in the broker-dealer world for probably a little over six years. And I had no clue what an RIA was. Right, yeah. I was uh, I was in the broker-dealer world for about uh, 14 years. And I remember one day I was filling out uh, some disclosure information for the broker-dealer, and it asked uh, if I was an RIA, and I went around the office asking everybody what an RIA was, and no one, no one seemed to know. I went around and... Yeah, I think that's a real common experience inside the broker-dealer walls. I just think it's not really talked about, and most, most of the guys don't know what it is. Right. So... So let's talk about the differences uh, between the broker-dealer and RIA. What Tell us what an RIA is, a Registered yeah. Investment Advisor. Yeah, so a Registered Investment Advisor, uh, the one-minute explanation is it is a fee-only advisor, and they are really governed uh, under the the SEC most of the time, or the state of Michigan. And they typically do not engage in any kind of commission business. And so as an RIA, I like to tell people, uh, especially, you know, the clients, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, we're on the same side of the table as they are because we want that account to grow because as that account grows, our fee grows. And so we, we all have skin in the game. Uh, but w- as an RIA, we have to do uh, what's in our client's uh, best interest. And so a broker and a broker-dealer can't harm his client. It's a small distinction, but a fiduciary in the RIA world is held to a higher standard of conduct with the clients, which I think is important. I'd like to be able to tell my clients that I act as a fiduciary. So one thing, uh, one example I like to use is when you open up an account with a broker-dealer, you walk into the office, and the financial advisor on the other side of the table is representing that bank. So you're they're like a they're kind of like a bank teller. You're opening up an account with them. They're representing the bank. So they're, they're doing what's in the best interest of the bank, um, where if you were dealing in the RIA world, um, you have an agreement with that uh, investment advisor, and then they hold, they don't, the, you hold your money with a custodian. So it's, it's separate from 
the um, from that financial advisor, and the and the advisor acts on your behalf and goes into the account and can uh, uh, move the money around or uh, make make investment picks. But yeah. there, they, you just have an agreement with that investment advisor, and they're really on your team. Yeah, no, so I think that's a great. They don't point. they don't actually represent that that custodian, right? So you know, John, over the last couple of years. Uh, the fiduciary rule has been a real hot topic. Uh, it's been talked about by you know presidents and Congress and uh, a lot of uh, you know CNBC and Fox Business uh, talking heads have been talking about this. Can you can you tell us a little bit about it? So over the past twenty years, broker dealers have offered a lot of the same products and advice that investment advisors offer. So it's been hard for people to tell the difference between a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor. So what Congress did is they said, well, we need to uh, enact some legislation to to make sure that broker-dealers are actually acting in your best interest. And that's where the DOL rule came about. Uh, A few years ago, President Obama uh, set it into motion, and it was set to take, it was going to take effect when President Trump took office, and what's happened since, it's been, uh, it's been shot down. So basically, the uh, DOL rule is, is null and void now, and um, we don't know if it'll be back for broker dealers and and I thought it was a good rule for brokers yeah, to help too. to help them get on the same page as the registered investment advisor and act more in the best interest of clients because there's a lot of hidden fees that right. people don't see and they don't know what they're actually paying in the broker dealer world right where in the RIA world everything is transparent you see exactly yep. what you're paying yep in your account. I agree. I remember being, when I was in the broker-dealer world years ago, uh, they really promoted loaded share class in mutual funds. So A shares, B shares, C shares, uh, and essentially there, there were fees that were hidden from the client in a lot of cases. And as an RIA, as a registered investment advisor who it's a fiduciary. I mean, we can't do loaded share classes in mutual funds, which I think is a good thing. You said transparency. I think that helps. I tell people all the time, if you don't know what you're paying, you might be paying too much. So it's important that your the fees are transparent and disclosed to the client. Yeah, and a lot of time on those mutual funds, the fees, uh, what, what you... Uh, net as your return is net of the fees. So the fees come out and then your return is lower and people are wondering, well, why do I have low returns? Right. Well, it's because you're paying fees that you're not seeing and then whatever's left over you're getting you're getting in your return. And that's really hurtful too when, when you have like a, a year that your own, the market's only up about 1% and then you're negative that yeah. year because of the fees. Right. So yeah, it I do think there has been some positive uh, side effects, even though that that DOL uh, fiduciary rule got shot down for broker dealers. 
it does seem to be uh, still helping because the fastest growing sector in financial services is in that independent channel for registered investment advisors. It's the highest percentage growth right now. And so I, I do think people are trying to do the right thing. I do too. And and even even the broker-dealers, I think we're trying to do the right thing because I left that world when the DOL was going into effect and, well, we thought the DOL was going into effect and, hmm. and the broker-dealer was making changes. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there with, were good changes. There were good changes. For the client. They were good. Good for the client. Yes. Right. And, and so... Um, so hopefully, hopefully something Congress uh, enacts that or goes back to it, or um, the president decides to to go forward with it. But for now, it's it's gone, and we don't know if it'll ever be back. Right. I do think another tip. You know, we always want to educate people on this show, um, but if you want just to look up your own financial advisor or broker, whoever you're working with, there is a site that you can go to, which is, uh, it's it's actually BrokerCheck on the FINRA website. And it basically has a report card of all financial advisors and brokers. And you can check if your broker is a fiduciary or if there's complaints or bad behavior with the broker you're working with. And I think it's important that people do that. You need to know exactly who you're working with uh, if they are managing your nest egg for retirement yeah we'll put that 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 is on our website so that's on our royal the, uh, financial advisor broker check website. is yeah, the oh, broker check great. is on our website so that's you can great. you can look up that information so um is there anything else any other anything else you think we should go over you know i mean did we did we touch on the the fees and la- the layered fees oh that is something I actually do have a funny commission story. What's so that? when I when I was first uh, when I worked at the broker dealer and I was first uh, it was my first week as a financial advisor on the job. And I was got my I, I had accounts assigned to me, and I got really pumped. A client called me, and uh, and I was going to do my fir- one of my first transactions. Yeah. And he inherited an account, and it was it had it just had AT and T stock in the account. Yeah. And he needed ten thousand dollars to. He was rehabbing a home. Uh, it was actually his mother's home that he was he was uh, fixing up so he could sell. And so he he had me sell off ten thousand uh, dollars worth of AT and T stock. So I did that. Yeah. And then uh, sent the money to him and. About a week later, he called me, and he said, "Hey, John, what uh, what is this two hundred and fifty dollar commission charge?" Oh. And it, it blew me away. My heart sank. That yeah, two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. So I, you know, I apologized. I said there was really nothing I could do, and um, he wasn't too happy. I got off the phone. I went to my manager, and I, I asked him. I said, "What?" Uh, I just, you know, I just place this trade in the system. And he said, well, the default is $250 oh, commission gosh. charge yeah. just for selling stock. Just one stock trade. One stock sell, selling one stock. And I said, well, what's the minimum we can do? And right. he, he said it was $50. Wow. So I just thought that was, uh, that it is... kind of, it, it really kind of, I didn't sit well with me. Right. Uh, 
and I, I just thought it was it was crazy. That, that is crazy. That they charge that. All right, John, so we never want to leave the show on a bad note. So tomorrow is Thanksgiving. What's your favorite food of Thanksgiving? My favorite food? One food. My favorite food on Thanksgiving. Your favorite dish. I'm tr- I, it, it's really hard because I... I it was always the stuffing, but lately stuffing. I've been I've been introduced to the cheesy potatoes. So I never had that growing up, and then my wife started making it on the Thanksgiving. cheesy potatoes. Now I eat so much of the cheesy potatoes I that yeah. I can't. I don't even have room for anything else. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, what about you? What's... I love the green bean casserole with the fried onions on top. That's my favorite part of Thanksgiving. That is that's that was going to be my second yeah. choice actually. So well, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. You too, and everyone out there have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us. John and Paul are financial advisors with Royal Oak Financial Advisors in Michigan, a fee only RIA who specialize in helping their clients better understand their investments. If you watch the pennies, the dollars will come.